Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. pretty well how are you Tracy okay we are doing this from zoom 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 yeah still in lockdown yep so a few of our episodes um from turns out network have been recorded via zoom so we are doing our best to bring you you know something yeah <laughs> some, some new content and <laughs> yeah and we apologize for um the the lack of quality or the the compromised quality in today's recording, mm. but we figure that some content for you guys, especially in Australia, um, that probably are affected with COVID because I feel like everyone is at some yeah. in some way, shape, or form, except for Queensland by the sounds of it. Yeah, true, um, true. A few of my clients from Queensland last week were like, "Yeah, we're fine, we're good, we're going to the footy this weekend," and I'm like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah, it's like another world away, isn't it?" Feels, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to talk about today? Today we are talking about uh, Imolk, which is our next turn of the wheel that's coming up on the 1st of August. So oh, it's right in between. Yeah, sure is. So Imolk happens right in between uh, Solstice and Equinox and it's a cross-quarter fire festival. So that means that um, so when you were talking about the will of the year, there's eight sabbats, and so mm-hmm. two of them are equinoxes, two of them are solstices, yeah, and yep. the four of them are seasons, cross quarter festivals. So Imolk's one of those cross quarter in between a solstice and an equinox. We, but they're kind of seasonal, like they're like they they have a lot to do with the season of that time of the year. Yeah, well, the whole entire wheel of the year does, but yeah, it's the turning of the wheel. So we're heading out of the depths of winter and returning back into the warmth. So it's that pivot point of um, yeah, that change, change in Ooh. season and welcoming the light back and the warmth and spring, hopefully very soon. <laughs> and that's why it's the fire festival. So the element that it um, uses celebrate kind of embodies is fire yes so um this particular festival is honoring the goddess of the hearth so the hearth fire of your home who is bridget um she's also known as known as bridie and in christianity she's also known as saint bridget so her name in gaelic translates into fiery arrow so it's that little nod to the spark within us that gets relit as we you know head into spring which is always nice getting our mojo back and energy back yeah 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 and um so when we were talking um like in your episode that you did with Laura about altars you were talking Mm -hmm. about how um we can have like deities on our altar so is Bridget the deity that you would have on your altar for Imolk 
Absolutely, yeah. So Imolk's pretty much based around Bridget and she has many attributes. So she's the triple goddess, so the maiden, mother and crone. So you could have those aspects on your altar. Uh, She also relates to fire. So you could also have candles um, or the colours of fire on your altar as well. So be that, you know, in candles or in crystals or even in the cloth that you use on your altar. So you can kind of incorporate it in that way. Uh, Bridget is also deeply connected to the earth and its cycles. She's associated with sacred fires and holy wells. So you could also have like a chalice of water on there as well as your fire element to honour both of those aspects of her. Uh, She also watches over the home, the hearth fire, women in childbirth and new beginnings. She's the goddess of poetry. Massive, (laughs) massive. You want to hear anything else to do? (laughs) I know, right? Well, we'll give us some more. Uh, she's the goddess of poetry, music, healing, fertility, and prophecy. And also due to her associations with both fire and water, which are both used in forging, she's the protector of blacksmithing. So, yeah, she's she's got a lot going on. She's kind of an all-rounder, Bridget. <laughs> so she, when, like, when she's depicted, is she usually depicted, like, you know how you said, like, that she does the maiden, maiden mother, and crone? Yes. Does she, like, is she depicted in all of those different phases or is she typically like a normal goddess in terms of um, they always look like they're probably in their late 20s, (laughs) like they all look pretty much the same? Or is she sort of, does she, does she change sometimes into those phases? Yes. Yeah, I believe so. So for Imolk, she is depicted in her maiden phase because it's that moving into spring and that season of new beginnings and growth. So, yeah, she'd be And where does she come from? So she's Gaelic? Yes, she. her origins are Irish. So um, there's a lot of lore actually around this particular place in Ireland called Kildare and Basically, in the pre-Christian era, the entire area around Kildare was known as the city of Bridget. So that's how much of an impact this goddess had there. So there's a shrine on a hill uh, beside a great oak tree, and that was the shrine of Bridget. And Kildare, the name Kildare actually translates into the Church of the Oak. So it's said on this hill there was the great oak tree. Um, There was a shrine that possessed an eternal flame and also nearby a healing well. So you've got those elements of both the fire and water that represented Bridget. Mm. Yeah. And, um, and then there you go. Yeah, well, I was just going to say um, these waters, so it's told that if you were to sip them or bathe in them, they offer fertility, blessings, wisdom, inspiration, healing and second sight. And priestesses gathered on this hill at Kildare to tend to their ritual fires while invoking this goddess to protect their herds and to provide a a fruitful harvest for the season to come. Sounds like the makings of a sister circle. (laughs) Absolutely. You can picture it, can't you? Like ancient islands on this hill and the eternal fire and... Oh, my God, and I can't get the song now since you said that, Eternal Flame. I can't get um, Eternal (laughs) Flame out of my head. It's just like going round and round. I can see these, like, women prancing around all together singing Eternal Flame. (laughs) I loved that song when I was a kid. (laughs) 
Um, it's a bit of a belter. Um, also, it is a belter, definitely. So I've also done um, some digging on Bridget. So I just have fallen in love with this goddess, basically. So um, if you don't mind, I'll read out some history of her so everyone can kind of get a better understanding about what Imok is about. Yes, so sure. uh, with the rise of, yeah, awesome. So with the rise of Christianity in Ireland, it quickly became apparent that the goddess Bridget was so deeply etched into the Irish people that it would be impossible to eradicate her. So the Christian solution was to make her a saint. So in the 6th century, she was known as St. Bridget, yes. <laughs> and a monastery was built on the site of the temple. And this happened with so many sacred pagan sites all over like Ireland and Scotland and England at that time. Um, so there's stories of, you know, sacred wells that the church would build, their churches literally over the top of them or within the church grounds so that you had to become a parish, like, part of the parish to be able to visit these wells and these sites. So they were kind of blocked off go. from people. Yeah, which yeah, is really heartbreaking. Like one, of, one of two choices. So they kind of like bully people into it. Yeah, yep. So uh, consequently a sacred fire continued to burn at Kildare from early Christian times and the custom of keeping the fire light continued the fire represented the new light of Christianity and a group of nuns known as the Daughters of the Flame kept her flame eternally lit, ensuring it was never extinguished. Oh, my God. And Stop. there's some... Stop. Stop. Yeah. Daughters of the Flame. Daughters of the Flame, yes. So traditionally they were priestesses that tended the flame. Uh, story goes that it was 19 virgins and each day one of them would tend the flame and on the 20th day Bridget herself like would tend the flame her spirit and then once it was switched over to Christianity the nuns took over from the priestesses um, but an interesting fact in ancient times a virgin wasn't what we know as a virgin like someone who doesn't have sex it was a virgin was a woman unto her own so she wasn't married, no one owned her, she more than likely didn't have children, she was devoted to like her spiritual path. So those priestesses would have been devoted to looking after that flame or the well. So I reckon I was a virgin in many, many past lives for sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, well, cool. a lot of um, I can do, I've got so many really cool visuals. Are there any um are there any like images of this? Like I know it's like back in the 1600s and everything, but are there any kind of images depicting this? I'm sure there would be. Yeah. Like paintings? I'll have to have like a look in the on church um, and things. I dare say of St. Bridget there would be. Probably yeah. not the pagan side of things, but the saint side for sure. So yeah. pagans would so call her I've got some... goddess Bridget and yes. Catholics or Christians would call her Saint Bridget? That's right, yes. Yeah. And some interesting folklore um, around this place of the sacred flame. Uh, so no male was ever allowed to come near the eternal flame and neither were these women permitted to associate with men. So consequently all of the supplies were brought to them by women from the nearby village and surrounding the fire was a hedge that no male could ever cross. And one legend recalls a, a man who attempted, 
Yeah, I know, right? Maybe, maybe <laughs> I had a head, head twitch there guarding it. Um, but it was said that any man who attempted to cross the hedge ended up going insane. And another story tells an, of an attempt to cross the hedge, but just as this guy's leg kind of crossed the threshold, his comrades pulled him back. But unfortunately, the leg that did cross the hedge became maimed and he was crippled for the rest of his life. No trace of this legendary hedge with its magical properties has survived today, but it's clearly provided protection to the flame from male invaders by cursing them to either go insane, die, become maimed, and I love this one, or have their penis wither. So that's some hedge witch magic there. <laughs> I curse your penis to wither. <laughs> yes, it's a sacred women's business. So what's the so, what's the deal with that like why why were they so anti-men I think it was sacred women's business yeah so I know just from other um folk tale around these sacred wells and these sacred fires it was the women the priestesses that tended them so I dare say that was why yeah was so was it only men sacred. or was it non-believers as well no, it was only men, pretty sure, yeah, that weren't allowed. I would imagine that there the would fire. be, like, Christian women who weren't pagan who would be absolute bitch witches and come and try and, like, like snuff the flame out or, you know, like. Uh, well, that's the thing. It changed from a pagan uh, site to a Christian one. So, it changed over from the priestesses tending it to the nuns tending it. So the, yeah. non, the nuns upheld the the curse. Yes, yeah, and they upheld the 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 keeping of the flame. So Bridget was really ingrained into the Irish people. She was one of their favourite goddesses, um, and also I think the other um, really popular well god as such was like saint patrick so both of them they couldn't really convert the pagans to let them go so they incorporated them into the faith into the christian faith so that people would come to the church i guess so mm. it's kind of it's very hypocritical in terms of like okay well i get all the whole make her a saint and you know if you can't beat him join him kind of thing i get all of that but for the nuns then to protect the flame and to uphold you know the sacred women's business of it i feel is very witchy of the christian church yeah yeah we'll have some more information those too, nuns so in 1220 ad Sorry, Pardon? we have a bit of a delay. We, we, have, we have a bit of a delay with Zoom. Yeah, we do have a delay. <laughs> Never mind. You keep so going, Jan. In 12, thank you. So in 1220 AD, a bishop uh, disagreed with the policy of non-admittance of men to the Abbey of St. Bridget in Kildare. The Archbishop of Dublin, Henry of London, insisted that as nuns were subordinate to priests, they must open the Abbey to inspection by a priest. The nuns refused and requested the inspections be carried out by a female official. The bishop was not impressed with this and saw it as a show of disobedience and decreed that the keeping of the eternal flame was a pagan custom and consequently demanded that the sacred flame be extinguished. The flame was thought to have been briefly extinguished but was quickly relit by the local people 
and the eternal flame survived right up until the suppression of the monasteries in the 16th century. Um, it was at this time that King Henry VIII demanded the destruction of many monasteries and the eternal flame was extinguished but never forgotten. Bridget remained one of the most popular Irish saints and on St Bridget's Day on the 1st of February in 1807, the Bishop of Kildare, Daniel Delaney, commenced the restoration of the ancient order of the Sisterhood of St Bridget with the clear intention to revive her legacy. During the modernisation of Catholicism in the 1960s, the Vatican declared that there was insufficient proof of Bridget's sanctity or even of her historical existence. Consequently, she was desainted. Today, she's often just called Bridget of Ireland. In 1993, at a conference entitled Bridget, Prophetess, Earthwoman and Peacemaker, Mary Teresa Cullen, at the time leader of the Bridgetine Sisters, rekindled the eternal flame in a ceremony in Kildare's Market Square. Since then, the Bridgetine Sisters have tended the flame, known now as the Light of Bridget. So, first of all, Mr Delaney clearly was afraid of a withered penis, so decided that he better really hurry up <laughs> and appear to be on the same side as the sisterhood of the of the travelling eternal flame. <laughs> and then, so they've given her, they've, they've sainted her in order to use her, and now they're saying, hey, hang on a second, she's actually not a saint, probably because they were copying uh, more like more backlash or more pressure to to acknowledge that? So do you think that they were kind of scared and maybe just squashed it out and just said we're just going to demote her and we were wrong this whole entire time and all these things that we've done have been wrong and now we're going to just say, no, she can just be know. Bridget? I feel like she was used more than anything. I feel like yeah, um, what I mean. they used her to bring people into the church and they did try to quash her. They did try to extinguish extinguish that flame. They tried to basically get her out of the Irish people's hearts and minds. They couldn't do that. So then I think her use, I guess, by, you know, when was this? Um, back when they desainted her, um, it was kind of like, oh, we don't need her anymore. So it was like she's not a saint anymore. And yeah, it's um, oh, the like 1960s, 1960s. Like 300 years later. Yeah. Yeah. This is crazy. Oh, more than that. I think because it know, was 1220 AD. Yeah. So we're talking what, eight, like oh, 800 years kind of thing, mm. seven, eight, seven, eight hundred years. Yeah. That she was a saint for before they desainted her. So that's pretty crazy. Mm. <laughs> and so. Because I know of schools and things that are called St. Bridget and, and Brigadine College in Sydney. Mm -hmm. Are they, would they be from that sort of, that story? Lineage, I dare say. Yeah. yeah. They're girls. And I think in Ireland she's still known as um, St. Bridget in Ireland, but outside of Ireland, um, yeah, like the Vatican do not recognise her as a saint anymore. So, What does she look like? 
I dare say being Irish, she'd have red hair. That's how I picture her. And her name <laughs> is Fiery Arrow. So you can just imagine this, you know, red-headed, Jane. beautiful goddess. Yeah, for and, sure. And so is she like the only deity that we that we kind of honour on Imolk? Uh, she's the main one, definitely. So if, you know, that's Bridget or St. Bridget, whatever you align with, with your own belief system. Uh, but there's also uh, the Roman goddess of fire. Her name's Vesta. So she's pretty similar to Bridget in the way that she governs over the hearth, the home and family. So, um, yeah, you could, if you feel more aligned with the, the Roman gods and goddesses, you might want to incorporate Vesta. There's also the Kaliak, which is Celtic. Uh, she's the divine, divine crone. So she's associated with the creation of the landscape and with weather, especially storms and winter. And she's also known as the Queen of Winter or the Veiled One. So she's another aspect of Imolk um, that you can, yeah, draw on and, and do ritual work around. What's her name? The Kaliak. So she's the crone. Yeah. I like the sound of the Kaliak. There's a whole other episode like the about the, the Kaliak. Yeah. Is there? Yeah. Okay. I can't wait. Yeah. I um I feel like <laughs> Imolk is kind of my favourite season so far, like I or or favourite um Sabbath. Um, I really like the sound of Bridget and um, I know a little bit more about her as well from our past chats Uh, and she just sounds like a really, really, really cool energy to evoke, a really really just strong, powerful um, feminine energy to to like ask for support and guidance um, through our whole life essentially but like for for all femininity Mm. and for for those kinds of things, but maybe even also for uh, teenage girls. I kind of feel that she would be yeah. really cool for um, that transition from being a girl to a woman. Um, mm-hmm. And so aside from Bridget, though, what other, um, so like if we put a, a picture or a card from a deck or something, if Bridget's in one of our card decks, if we were to yeah, put an image beautiful. up of her or a different deity or more than just one on our altar, what other things for Imolk mm-hmm. would we see on your altar during Imolk or what things can people, our listeners, sort of collect and what kind of things they're looking for to put on there? Yeah, beautiful. Well, definitely candles. So candles would be a big thing and you can Coloured incorporate ones, like the, the, the colours. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Imolk has two different aspects. So you've got your fire aspect. So you could go like a full fiery altar and incorporate those colours like the reds and oranges and yellow or um, the new growth is the other aspect. So traditionally white and green, so white for cleansing and purification and green for growth. So you might want to, you know, pop a, a green altar cloth down, a white candle, some white crystals like selenite, clear quartz, that kind of thing um, to invoke that new growth. And also another really beautiful practice is if you're planning on planting any seeds in your garden in the coming spring is to place those seeds on the altar and infuse those seeds with your intentions. So when you physically plant them in the ground, energetically as they are coming to life and sprouting, so will your dreams and wishes, which is another really beautiful little ritual to do. That's 
Cool. And then so if you were to plant those seeds like come spring or, you know, whenever you plant them, is that something that like as that plant grew, you could then um, like during harvest season or for um, Ostara and Marbon? Oh, no, Ostara yes. and, oh, man. Yeah, Ostara and Marbon. Oh, Beltane. You could, Beltane. Beltane, yeah. So you could maybe like um, take the leaves off or the the dried flowers or the, the the parts that are withering or dying from the plant that you've grown from those seeds, and then you could put it on your altar for that mm-hmm. for that will of the year, like like absolutely cycle thing. Yeah, that would be beautiful. Mm. I think to incorporate yeah that plant into your altar and into and- your rituals further further along in the wheel. That'd be beautiful. What sort of foods? Like what kind of um, offerings like would you put on your altar? But also I guess um, like do you, because with spiritual healing and things like that, we focus a lot on being able to eat for the chakra. So like do you do like mm-hmm. eating for the wheel of the years at certain, at certain, um, at the, the eight points, do you, does your diet be affected by yeah. those points? Uh, not on the long term, but yes, on the celebration, on the Sabbath, we definitely have a feast and try to incorporate the foods of that season. So traditionally, Imolk would have been a time of scarcity because you're coming out of winter. Uh, you'd be getting pretty low in supplies, I'd imagine, in the past, um, in ancient times. So like soups, grains, bread, uh, foods like that would have been quite common at that time. So I dare say this Imolk will have a homemade soup and have some bread with it, glass of wine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honour it in that way. That's cool. And um, that just made me think, so the full moon for uh, this month is the 24th here, I think, um, in Australia. And if this, if Imolk is uh, a... Uh, like a a season or a a Sabbath to focus on fertility and focus on growth um, and all of that that Bridget embodies. With that full moon, because full moon is typically like you and I uh, use the full moon to release, so it's a a let go, and we use the new moon for setting intentions and for fertility, you know, for for Mm -hmm. really adding um, um, intent into the future. So, for the full moon being so close to Imolk, would you do something different on this full moon than you would on a normal full moon? Like is there like a prep? I would suggest, yeah, I would because Imolk is actually about releasing and cleansing to allow space in for the new to enter in the new season. So it would be a perfect time to energetically clear and also to spring clean. So um Traditionally, spring cleaning came from Imolk because you would open up all the windows and doors of your home. You'd been, you know, kind of closed up all winter. You would spring clean everything to get rid of that stagnant energy to welcome in the new. So, yeah, it'd be perfect with the the full moon this year leading up to Imolk to do ceremony and to smudge and, yeah, clear house. That'd be awesome. So listeners can use this full moon um, for not only just getting rid of things for themselves, but for getting rid of things around the home and um, really just yeah. being a little bit more like home focused and and those kinds of things as opposed mm-hmm. to the internal feelings and emotions. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, like preparing, preparing your mind and body and home. That's cool. Thanks for answering that because I was a little bit thinking, oh, if I'm looking at my calendar and I've got the full moon, hang on a minute, I want to release, but then I'm looking at new beginnings so quickly. And I think that probably makes me want to ask as well, just quickly. I know we did, um, I've already asked the question about um, like whether you prepare for the upcoming Sabbath, at what point you sort of start preparing for that and then how quickly after Mm -hmm. the Sabbath do you take the Christmas tree down uh, and then prepare for the next holiday. Um, So Mm -hmm. Imolk will kind of last in through till what's the next one that comes along? Well, the next one we have is Astara, so Spring Equinox. So. Imolk, yeah, I think we've spoken about this before, that it's a very personal thing with your altar, how like, you could leave it there the whole entire kind of section of that wheel of the year. Um, personally, I will prepare for Imolk in the days leading up. Um, probably around the full moon would be a great time actually to kind of set your altar up and and then I'd probably leave it there for at least a week after Imolk. Yeah, let it marinate mm. and put my seeds on there yeah. and... Yeah, infuse that energy into it. Yeah, that's awesome. And so what other things? Is there anything else that we want to be putting on our on our altar that we're creating? Yeah, so I touched on um, the ritual with the white and green, but you can also add in pastel colours. So they would represent, you know, those beautiful colours of spring blooms and buds. So those pale pinks and pale purple uh, pastel green, pastel blue, uh, they're beautiful ones to incorporate in. So you can incorporate those by using different crystals, um, cloths, candles, yeah, all those types of they, beautiful. Those colours feature yeah. a lot in Ostara too, don't they? They do, yes, very much. Yeah. It's all those Easter colours. And is there any, um, Yeah. so what about? symbols like is there any kind of um you know whether it's a physical thing or um like a a picture or like what else what else is there anything else yeah we can absolutely put um a picture of Bridget on the altar and there's also a Bridget's cross which is something you can make out of reeds so it's like a woven cross that's traditionally done um the night before Imolk and there's heaps of YouTube videos you can watch yeah yep you weave that yourself so you can weave it out of like reeds like traditionally or I have seen them done with like raffia or you can do them from wool or even like pipe cleaners and so yeah it's something you could do with your kids too which would be really lovely and another thing you can make is a corn dolly it's also known as a bridey doll and these are traditionally made out of corn husks and formed into the shape of a little doll. So those are said to protect your home and and they do represent Bridget. So you could have one of those little corn dollies on your altar as well. And another really, you know, wow. lovely little crafty project to do either by yourself or with your family. What do you do with those when you finish with them? Well, you can keep them. You can keep them on your altar. You can keep them in your home to protect. Um, and I'm pretty sure there is a tradition where you can bury them with one of the other turning of the wheel. I'll have to research that um, to when you actually do that, but you can put them in with the next crop. Yeah, so they can be kept and That's cool. 
It is, yeah. So like a protection talisman. So Imok sounds like a really great time, especially for um, especially for us emerging out of lockdown. Hopefully, fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> a couple of days fingers before crossed. Imok, it, it might be a really great time for if we do like even if the restrictions just ease enough for us to be able to feel like we're emerging. Um, mm-hmm. There could be a huge symbolism in that. So this is probably Massive. a really perfect thing for our listeners to sort of hear and prepare for while we are in lockdown and just tend to their home, which most people are doing. Like I've cleaned out the linen cupboard three times <laughs> in the last 12 months, which is more times than I think I've ever done it in my life. Yeah. <laughs> and the house feels completely in order and my mat's home now because builders can't work and your boo's Same home here. because builders can't work and my cleaners can't come today because they're not allowed to come. So Matt's been Sadie, the cleaning lady today. And <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the home is actually being really taken care of at the moment. So for our listeners, you know, if you're looking for something to do, yeah, you know, get all up on this Imolk business and, you know, create your altar. And it's really mm. that it provides space and time for people to um, actually dedicate to it and enjoy it. And then, we can all maybe share pictures of our Imolk altars on social media and tag us in. Um, That'd be beautiful. I'd love your, to see. Yeah. If you make any corn dollies or Bridget's crosses, if what are they called? Bridget's cross? Yeah. Bridget's cross. Yeah. Yep. Bridie dolls. Is that what they are? Yeah. Bridie doll or yep. a corn dolly. Yeah. Yeah. Show us, show us what you made. Absolutely. That'd be great to see. And yeah, I, th- I think as you said, it'd be absolutely perfect timing if we come out of lockdown in time for Imok would be very symbolic, I think. Mm, <laughs> Reigniting that spark and getting back out there in the world would be amazing. And so is it Divine Tool of the Week time? Yay! <laughs> so the Divine Did Tool of the Week. that last week? week? What was that, sorry? Did Laura sing it in her Alters episode? I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think we're getting Matt to add in bells, though, into the the intro. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Needs a little something musical, I think. It does. So, yeah. So our divine... (laughs) We've got such a lag going on with this (laughs) Zoom. My God. (laughs) So our divine tool of the week this week is rosemary. So she, it's one of the herbs associated with Imox. I thought it'd be perfect to talk about... um, today and it's said to improve the power of memory that's why we use it on special occasions that merit remembrance such as Anzac Day and its law dates back into ancient times it has been both used for weddings and funeral rituals for weddings it was woven into the bride's wreath and is associated with loyalty and fidelity of lovers which I found beautiful wow and for funerals, it was mixed into incense for the ceremony and often was cast upon the coffin as it was slowly lowered into the ground, a symbol of remembering the person who passed with love and fondness. And also to remember that we inhabit mortal bodies as we walk this earth, which is another, yeah, beautiful thing that Rosemary represents. I'll and never take Rosemary a- for granted. Again. No, I know. And as a magical herb, it is used as incense or insaning bundles to protect against evil and in places of illness to cleanse and purify the air. You can place it under your bed and it's said to protect against frightening dreams. 
And smelling a fresh sprig of rosemary or essential oil can aid your brain power before exams. It's also very soothing to the nervous system. Rosemary can be worn as protection and fortification when facing your enemies or going for a job interview. Fortification. Fortification. I love that word. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've spoken about that before. I often say that before I have a drink of whiskey. I'm getting fortification. I'm, I'm fortifying myself. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Getting so another, absolutely. Another really beautiful thing to do with rosemary is plant some by your front door because it is protective. So um, at my studio here, I've got a little pot of rosemary and also a pot of mugwort right next to the front door. So, is that why um, typical stereotypical pictures and images of a witch's house, like they've got a lot of shit at the front door. Like, yeah, for so sure. It's happening. all protection. Yeah, it's to step like over that I threshold. Yeah, I can't remember which episode it was where I said I need to buy a bag for my front door, but I kind of yes. just feel like I need to create an entire display for my front door now. So crystals and rosemary and a broom and what else do I need? I've got my 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 doormat. What else do I need at my front door? Rosemary, mugwort. Goodness me. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. And so I got given, or Matt actually got given some fresh rosemary from someone's garden just recently and I dried Mm -hmm. it and I've got it in a little Ziploc bag. What if I use that for like my meal on Imolk, my feast? Yeah, of course. You could incorporate that into cooking and you could also turn it into incense, um, and burn it as well on your altar. So there's so many uses for it. Oh, it smells amazing. I love, I actually, um, yeah, uh, rosemary and lavender are beautiful to to burn in place of white sage. Oh, I might try it then. Um, And I've also got, I've got some rosemary essential oil and I was just thinking like it might actually be good to add into the lavender diffuser that I've got going for the kids for learning from home. Yes, absolutely. With the memory and keeping your mind sharp for sure. And getting them to just kill the freak out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, homeschooling well, is a whole cool. other. Yeah. Oh, and another no. beautiful thing I love about Rosemary, it was my grandmother's name. So it's Aww. a herb close to my heart. Yeah. Oh, that's and really she was nice. funny too. You couldn't call her Rose or Rosie. It was Rosemary. She was very specific about, about her name. Yeah. <laughs> that's so sweet. My um my grandmother's name was Mary and my, my little girl's middle name is Mary, but Rosemary is beautiful. It is a beautiful name, yeah. Did you spell it like that or was it Rosemary with an I-E? No, it was spelt like the herb, like yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. She must have known. Her mum must have known. I think so, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Shan, for letting us all know and educating us and teaching us about this upcoming Sabbath Imolk. Um, I have enjoyed it and learned a lot and I am 100% on board with this with this whole altar situation so Yay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get my husband Matt and we're gonna we're gonna create an altar that's a because I've got an altar at home and I've got an altar at work and I've got kind of little altars everywhere but mm-hmm. um like in all different ways shapes and form like I've got one for my perfumes you know because I'm yeah. such a perfume person and there's little little display things everywhere, which if I look at them, I'm like, you're an altar, you're an altar, you're yeah. an altar. But I think 
I think we need to have one just for the home as well that Matt and I can share because absolutely my Matt is really into all this kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. I think that he will like that too now that he's got the next two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a beautiful thing to create together. And even on Imolk, you know, um, giving everyone a candle to light their own individual candle, they could, in, you know, hold it and infuse their intentions and wishes into it and then light it. That would be really beautiful to do as a family, I think. Awesome. So we can get some of those, what are they called, charm candles? Yes, time candles candles or spell candles. candles. So they, yes, they burn for about two hours. So that's long enough. You kind of, because the, um, the folklore around candle magic is you don't want to blow the candle out because you're not letting the magic work its way right through. So yeah, you light it and you let it burn all the way down. Which brings me back to the Eternal Flame song. Back in my head again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to get Bangles to take us out. (laughs) Yeah, I hope all of our listeners now have that song in their head for the rest of the day. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, not sorry about that, guys. (laughs) There's worse songs. There's worse. There is, absolutely. (laughs) All right, Shan, thank you. Thank you, and I hope everyone has a very blessed Imolk and... Yeah, enjoy time with your loved ones and looking forward to the warmer season ahead and igniting that spark within you. Yeah, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.